What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. And uh, so today is actually... At the same time, it's the end of a series and the beginning of one all at the exact same time. If you've been here for, for a few weeks, we've been going through the series called Send It. And so today is, is Send It 7. We're Send It Part 7 of the Send It series. But it's also the first part introducing what we believe God is going to be speaking through us and doing in our church through the summer. Uh, we're calling it Supernatural Summer, and that's not just because of the alliteration. It, uh, it sounds good. But Supernatural Summer. And uh, so we're excited about that. So are you there? James chapter 1. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. It's not like the teacher that made you feel bad because you asked a question that she thought you should have known. Anyway, no, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. That's such a big deal. Your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such This is kind of hard, but I want you to hear this. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Man, James, that's some hard words right there. But it's truth. God's wanting to bring us to a place where we aren't picking and choosing whether we want to follow and believe what God is saying or follow and believe in what the world is saying. God is looking for undivided loyalty, not being double-minded in who we are, but having full, complete faith in who God is. I'm going to read one more scripture to you to kind of get this thing going. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. This is in the, the Passion Translation. It says it this way. It's so beautiful. It says, now my beloved ones, I have saved these, mo- uh, these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused. Can you say supernatural? supernatural? Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. I love that. Then that paints such a dynamic picture of who God is. And so today we're going to get into this, uh, this thought of, of what God is going to be doing and speaking to us through the summer, supernatural summer. And I just kind of want to start things off by painting a picture of who, of who God is, if that's okay. We have, uh, so often I've, I've talked to people that are like, you know, I just, you know, I've tried the Christian thing. And it was just, honestly, it was a little boring. And, you know, I wasn't sure. And I'm like, man, how, who is this God that, that, you, that somebody introduced you to that's a boring God? Who, who is this individual that somebody has painted a picture of you that this is the God of the universe and somehow it's a boring situation? The God that I know is a supernatural God who does supernatural things. He, he speaks and universes are created. He, he breathes into dirt and humanity is created. Like he brings life from where there was death. How in the world is this a boring situation? We serve a supernatural God. And the same supernatural God who was supernatural then is the same supernatural God who is supernatural right now. And now more than ever, I fully and with full conviction in my heart believe that we are living in a time that more than ever needs the supernatural hand of God moving through his church. 
The, the world doesn't need any more of theological arguments. The world doesn't need to be convinced by debate. The world doesn't need to have more religion thrown at them. The world needs to see that the God that created the universe is the same God that is supernaturally at work to bring miracles to those who are in need today. So that's where we are headed as we kind of go into the supernatural summer. It's not, it's not a... You we're talking about supernatural, I'm going to define it here in a little bit. But supernatural is not about some emotional, uh, everybody just feeling good. It's not, some, it's not mystical. It's not about the energy of the universe. When we talk about supernatural, we're talking about the identity and the character and the nature of who God is. So as we, as over the last few weeks as we've been doing this series called Send It, the, the heart behind this series was Jesus telling his disciples, even before he went to the cross, he was saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to go here pretty soon. It's better for me to go because if I go, I'll send you my Holy Spirit. It's better for me to go. I mean, y'all want me to be here. I get that. But I've got to go because I will send something in my place. And the Holy Spirit won't just be with you. The Holy Spirit will be in you and will empower you to do the things that I've called you to do. So before they could actually send it, right, before the disciples and the followers of Jesus could actually begin to go out and do the things that Jesus was saying that he had called them to do, he said, you need to wait because the Holy Spirit is what you are going to need in order to do the things I've called you to do. So let me read this to you in Luke chapter 24, uh, the gospel of Luke. Uh, these are the words of Jesus. Uh, starting in verse 46, he said, And he said to them, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. That's the message. But you are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city, he's talking about Jerusalem, until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. There was a waiting before there was a sending because what they were waiting for was what they needed so they could actually be sent to do the things that God had called them to do. Too often today we have too many people walking around with a, a portion of faith in Christ, but it's lacking the power that they need for the transformation. It's lacking the supernatural power needed to break off the things that are supposed to break off of us when we fill ourselves with the reality of Jesus Christ. And this because in all reality and all honestly, we have allowed a diluted, watered-down version of the Holy Spirit in the theology of the American church. We, we, and we're, we're, a, we're a country of comfort. We like comfort. And there are some things, I, I'm not hating on comfort, but there are some things where it was never meant for us to be comfortable. Because the Holy Spirit did not come to make us comfortable. The Holy Spirit did not come to make you feel good. The Holy Spirit came to shake things up in you and to shake things up in the world around us. And I'm not talking about in a negative way or just being religious and hating on people that disagree with you or don't believe. I'm talking about a power that comes to bring transformation, a power that comes to heal what is broken that nothing else can heal. When the Holy Spirit first showed up, he didn't, he didn't quietly knock on the door and ask for permission to come in. The Holy Spirit came with, literally with fire that fell from heaven, that wind that blew through the house where all the early disciples were meeting together and praying and worshiping. The Holy Spirit came to disrupt what was the status quo before. And what we have done and what history has done, unfortunately, in many places, is we have thanked the Holy Spirit for coming and doing what he did back in history, but we've asked him to quietly kind of go back to the quiet place where he was before. 
We've received, we saw what you did in scripture. Now we understand. Now we have knowledge. Now we have the theology. We don't need that anymore. Thank you for coming, but we'll take it from here. Meanwhile, the church gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And the world is looking for answers and looking for power and looking for hope. And when they turn to those who say that they carry the name of the creator of the universe, they find nothing. So they keep searching. People need supernatural. It's, you know, it's ironic. It's only in the church world where we have an argument that there is supernatural and there isn't supernatural. Outside the church world, ain't nobody arguing about whether there's supernatural or not. It's about where they're going to find it. It's about what they're tapping into to find it. It's only in the church world, God help us, where we have embraced some type of theology and mentality that says we don't need all the crazy stuff. We have compartmentalized the Holy Spirit into a group of crazy people who just want to swing from chandeliers, speak in tongues, do crazy stuff, and everyone else is normal, just living their good Christian life, trying to be quiet, trying to get to heaven. That's never what it was supposed to be. Jesus came in power. He sent the Holy Spirit in power. He filled us in power. He sent us out in power, and in power is how we should be living today. I'm lost already. <laughs> Thanks, Christian. Here we go. So summer, summer at Convo, um, we're going to grow. This happens every single summer, and typically where people check out and and in some place, they just try to back off, and we'll just kind of make it through the summer. We'll lean back in when we get to the fall. No, I think God's going to do something significant this summer, and, uh, and we're going to grow. And you're going to grow spiritually. We're going to, people are going to come who are hungry, and we're going to make room for them. Uh, you're going to grow in relationship with people around you. You're going to grow in the things that God is doing in and through you. Come on, don't. I, sometimes when you go on vacation, you might eat some stuff maybe that you don't normally eat. Because I remember back in the day, like a little bit younger, I try not to do this now, but you know, it's going on vacation, then uh, Lucky Charms, I just, just a box of Lucky Charms. What's that going to do? It's not going to hurt me. You know, so, and, but I'm not going to do that normally, right? And so you, you, you eat stuff, you kind of back off in some certain areas, but one thing that you don't take a vacation from is your relationship with God. Because the moment that you begin to disconnect and isolate from the thing that actually gives you life, you will begin to drift off in a direction that is going to steal life from you. And so I just want to encourage us as a church, I'm going to speak this over us, that we are going to tap into a supernatural summer to see things happen in your life and through your life and for our region that people are hungry for. I'm not about to tell our region and I'm not about to tell our city, hey, we'll be back in the fall. So good, good luck with life and other things you're struggling with. No, we're going to bring them what they need. We're going to provide the space to allow God to do what God wants to do through us we're not going to tap out and check back in later. We're going to engage with what God is doing. So I, I want to start off with a little bit of a testimony. And, and Antonio, I saw you. We were talking about this last night. There have been miracles happening in our church and through our team and outside. Like specifically, I would say in the last month, we have seen an increase in amazing things happening. Um, our, our dream team, if you don't know, our dream team is just our, is our volunteer team that are, they've made Convo Church their home. They're, they're serving in different ways to kind of give of their, their passion and their time and their talents to make this thing happen. If you're a guest here, they do it for you. That's, that's who they're doing it for. And so we, we have this platform that we use called Slack. It's just a, it's a communications platform. And typically, you know, it's information about the team and upcoming things, just trying to keep people up to date on stuff, you know, internally. But recently, in the last month or so, all of a sudden we're seeing these prayer requests that are coming in. And, and that happens sometimes, but more than normal, just people asking for prayer. Hey, I've got this person, or I'm going through this thing. And then we're seeing everyone chime in, and, hey, I'm praying, I'm praying, I got your back, you're not alone, come on, I'm praying, throwing scriptures in there to encourage each other. 
And then we're also seeing the aftermath, which is what you want to see. Hey, thanks for praying. I wanted y'all to know God did this. Boom. This miracle happened. This person got healed. This job came through. All these things are beginning to happen. And so I want, to, I want you to understand something, that that is not supposed to be the exception. That's supposed to be the norm. God is not sometimes a supernatural God. God's not supernatural when we get ourselves in enough of a frenzy that he's like, all right, fine, I'll do something. No, God lives, exists, he is. He cannot not be supernatural. He can't help it. And so uh, a few weeks back, maybe it's three weeks now, I, don't, I lost track of time, but on Mother's Day, Antonio and his wife Leilani were here. Uh, Leilani's cousin Joyce was in town visiting and came to church that day. And so, and, and, and if I remember the, correctly, she actually raised her hand and gave her life to the Lord that day, which, which by that, which that's, that's a huge win. You know, that's, that's one of the reasons why we exist as a church. That's one of the, actually one of the biggest miracles that ever takes place. You're like, what about raising somebody from the dead? How about eternally transforming somebody's soul? That is a huge, huge miracle. Sometimes you see something so often, you're like, oh, another hand, that's fantastic. When are we going to disciple people? Shut up. Anyway, we're trying to get people out of hell. We're trying to fill up heaven. And so anyway, so she gives her life to the Lord and then, and then goes back home to San Diego. And we find out uh, a little bit after that, maybe a week later or so, that she had a massive heart attack. 38 years old. Beautiful young woman. So much life ahead of her has a massive heart attack, and through the process of, the, of getting medical attention, they, they put her in a medical coma to try to, you know, stabilize some things so they can work on it, and, and in the process of trying to bring her out of it, she's having multiple seizures, and they begin to identify the fact that she has absolutely no brain activity that is registering or taking place. So at that point, the medical professionals, I'm not hating on any medical professionals. I love doctors. God, God has gifted doctors. He has gifted medical professionals, but in, 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 some, sense, in some instances, they are quick to move in a direction that is more scientific and there's not room for miracles. And I don't blame them. That's what they're trained to do. So they, they start saying, hey, listen, there's, there's not going to be any quality of life. Uh, people don't come back from this. You need to start making plans and saying your goodbyes and, and really weighing out. I mean, talking about pulling the plug. Like, we all know what that means. And so Antonio and Leilani hop on a plane. They get down there. And these, these are people, people of great faith, people who are believing that, okay, we're not hating on the doctors, but we also believe the report of the Lord. And so we're not always just going to take what's happening at a surface level and say, well, I guess that's just what we get. That's what we have to deal with. And other family members, members begin to come in from Northern California and San Diego, and they begin to converge. And there's, there's those coming in who are believers and filled with faith. There are those who are coming in that, that, that don't necessarily have that same element. And so they're coming in grieving and mourning and just she's gone and we're just, you know, she's lost, all this type of stuff. And all of a sudden, there's a group in the family that begins to say, hey, we need to get together and we need to pray. We need to pray. Right now, there's an atmosphere in the hospital room of death and of, of, of just being destroyed, but we need to bring something to this. And they actually got the family together, and, and they begin to lead them in worship. They begin to sing. They begin to pray. They begin to read the word of the Lord. And before you know it, in the family, the atmosphere began to change. And, and sometimes you got to understand, we pray for a thing where God is asking us to pray for an atmosphere. Because you begin to pray for an atmosphere, it will shift the thing that's inside the atmosphere. Sometimes we get caught up praying for the thing, and we're distracted on the thing, and it's good because we want to see the thing happen. We want to see the miracle happen, but God is saying, you need to speak to the powers and the principalities of the air. The atmosphere needs to change. That's why worship is so important in who we are as a church and what we do. I can show up, and we can come in cold, open up the word, and God will speak, and great things will happen, but we start with worship because it changes the atmosphere. It changes the air around us, and you can feel it. It is, it is tangible. 
And the atmosphere began to change. And, and all of a sudden, within a matter of days where there was no activity, all of a sudden there began to be movement. And, in, and then a few more days later where there was no hope, all of a sudden there, began, there becomes a, a conscious response to, to voices and to, and to commands and to other neurological things that before the doctor said was done and it won't come back. And so we get what, two, week, two weeks in? Not even, oh, it's a week in. A week, a week in from pull the plug, she's gone, there's no hope, they don't come back from this. So she is standing up, no tubes in, breathing on her own. She's walking around with help. She's out of the ICU and speech therapy. Honestly, I was even praying, and, and I felt while we were, while I was thinking about this, the Holy Spirit said, I'm not done. Keep, keep fighting. Like, keep leaning. There's more miracles that are coming for her. And so, listen, God is doing something. I just believe that is a foretaste. That isn't a, well, that's a, just a positive thing. God's a positive God. Something positive happened. No, this is something where the doctors are like, uh, I got nothing. I got nothing. I don't, this, this doesn't happen. This isn't supposed to happen. There's no, there's no medical uh, definition to give us understanding. Why? Because it is supernatural. Can I give you a definition? Attributed to some force. You know, get on weird. Attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding or the laws of nature. We are surrounded by the supernatural. But here's what we have to understand. The supernatural, there's a supernatural connected to the kingdom of God, and there's a supernatural connected to the kingdom of darkness. And both are equally real. They're not equally powerful. Don't you, don't you believe that lie? But they are equally real. And that's why I was saying, like, in the church world, we debate about whether the supernatural is real or not. Outside, the rest of the entire world is not having that debate. They're searching for where to tap into the supernatural. Some choose to tap into psychics and mediums and tarot cards and all this type of stuff. That is supernatural, but it ain't the right one. It's going to lead you in a direction that you don't want to go in. It's a counterfeit that's going to make you think that it's powerful and make you think it has answers, but what it actually does is it begins to produce destruction. It produces death, deception, distraction. It begins to breed a curse inside of somebody, and it, it takes away what God is trying to accomplish. The supernatural nature of the kingdom of God, though, brings life, it brings hope, it brings miracles, breakthrough, healing, restoration, freedom, blessing. You can think of even more. You have to be careful what you choose that you're going to tap into. So I want to speak this and declare this over our church for you, not just as a church as general, but for you. You need to own this for yourself and stop uh, neglecting yourself or stop writing yourself off as not being someone who's spiritual enough, good enough, whatever it is that you can be used by God supernaturally. Break that off of you right now. Begin to embrace the reality that you are chosen by God. Doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter your economic status. What matters is that you are a chosen child of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. You have what it takes to be used by God in this way. So the supernatural summer is a summer where we're going to see the supernatural nature of God unleashed through this church and through its people. You need to receive that for yourself. Please, I almost implore and beg you to allow yourself to go there to say, yeah, I'm somebody that can be used by God to see the supernatural happen. When we send it with the Holy Spirit moving through us, we're not just trying to be better people. I think that's one of the greatest deceptions the enemy tries to put in the church world. Hey, if you just smile more, just be a good person, maybe open a door for somebody or pick up somebody's tab. Those are all great things, but you don't need Jesus to do that. There are plenty of people who don't know Jesus who are way nicer than you are. 
who smile more than you do, who are friendlier than you are, who do good things more than you ever have. And it, but it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the world. I don't believe, listen, hear me out. I don't believe for a second that random acts of kindness change our world. That might make somebody feel good for a second, but it doesn't change anything. I mean, it's a complete side note that our kindness should never be a random act anyway. It should be a deliberate daily act. It should be not something that we go out of our way to be like, I'm going to be kind right now. There you go. Random. Why should, why should kindness be random? What is that? Why is that on T-shirts and being championed in places? We need more random. I know we need more lifestyles of kindness empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. But listen, our world, our world doesn't need more religion. Our world doesn't need more nice people. Our world doesn't need more fake smiles on the outside while there's brokenness on the inside. Our world needs more transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, our world needs more churches that are filled with the Holy Spirit. Our cities need more churches filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Our region needs more Jesus followers who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, our businesses, where you work, the spheres of influence where God has placed you needs more Jesus followers who are filled with the Holy Spirit. We got to stop compartmentalizing our Jesus life and the rest of our life. They were never supposed to be separated. You were never supposed to have a Sunday life and then a Monday through Saturday life. You were never supposed to have a, I'm around my Christian friends, now I'm around everybody else. No, the transforming work of the Holy Spirit is supposed to dominate your entire life. And no, it does not make you a spiritual weirdo that nobody wants to hang out with. It puts a light inside of you that attracts the world to you. When we do things the way that God has actually laid out for us to do it, it is attractive to the world around us, not repulsive. Christianity at its nature and at its core and at its heart is not repulsive and judgmental, and it doesn't divide people. It actually brings people together. And when we see the negative happening as a result of something with the name of Christ on it, we have to begin to ask ourselves questions of what is really going on. What are we really about? What's really being preached? What are we really living? What do we truly believe? If it's dividing and hurting and destroying, it is not of the kingdom of God. And that's not the Jesus that went to the cross for us. And it's not the Holy Spirit that empowers us to be a bold witness, giving the hope and the love of Christ to the world around us. Listen, our marriages need couples who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Our children need parents who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Our schools need educators that are filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, our teenagers need youth ministries that are filled with the Holy Spirit. And to our teenagers, your friends need friends who are filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to get older to make a difference. You just have to say yes to God. And say yes to whatever it is that he would do through you. You're not young. You're not too young. You're not too unqualified. You're not too shy. None of those things. You have what it takes because it's not your strength. It's not your personality. It is the power, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that God wants to move through you. Supernatural miracles are waiting for believers, not the other way around. Sometimes like, well, you know, if there were more opportunity for miracles, then I, I would be available. No, they're happening. They're happening all the time. Believers don't wait for miracles. Miracles accompany believers. Be like, well, I just wait. No, don't wait. Open your eyes. Let me, it's in the Bible. Let me prove it to you. I should do that. That's important. Don't ever take what I say just because I said it. If it's not in Scripture, then, then you can tell me about it later. Not right now, just later. Mark chapter 16. This is in the Gospels. Again, red letters, Jesus speaking. Uh, Mark 16, verse 15 is where I'm starting. It goes, and 
As you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. I love that. Everybody, don't pick and choose. Don't, don't share the gospel just with those you're comfortable with. Don't share the gospel just with those that look like you, that act like you, that, that, that live like you. No, God has called us to reach the diversity of this amazing, uh, this amazing race called the human race. Can I get an amen from somebody in this church? Thank you. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. It's a choice on their end. Verse 17, it says, And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. This is not uh, just for the early apostles, as some people try to teach in the church world. This is not something that was only for a handful of people, because if it was and Jesus was talking to them, he would have said, And these miracles will accompany you 12 people. You 11 people. Sorry, Judas wasn't here in this conversation. He says, then you will drive out demons in the power of my name. Yes, demons are real. They will speak in tongues. Yes, it's real. I'm going to give you a little disclaimer after I read this next one. They will, supernaturally, they will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. Don't you dare go out and be dumb and start picking up snakes and drinking stupid stuff. That's not what Jesus is telling you right here. As a matter of fact, he's actually prophesying something that's about to happen to the Apostle Paul, who wasn't even saved yet. But at one point at the end of Acts, you see the Apostle Paul on a missionary journey. He was shipwrecked, and he's trying to make a fire for the people who were shipwrecked with him. And he sticks his hand into a woodpile, and a poisonous viper latches onto his wrist, and he just shakes it off and keeps going. As a matter of fact, some of the locals, it says that they tried to begin to worship him because they thought he was a god. You know, that's a little weird. That doesn't happen here. But that was not permission for you to go do dumb stuff and test God to see if he's going to actually take care of you. It's just saying there will be things that try to come against you that should harm you, but as you begin to walk in the faith of Christ, those things will not harm you. That was a short explanation. And this is the last sentence here, and they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. The word accompany here, the miracles accompany believers. This is what accompany means, to happen in conjunction with some other happening, to happen along with, to happen at the same time, to accompany. It paints this picture of following. The same word that was used in this scripture is the same word that gets used in talking about people following Jesus. Those things are going to follow you as you follow Jesus. Paul even says, follow me as I follow Jesus. The Holy Spirit is leading us. The miracles are following us. It's a matter of whether we are going to allow ourselves to be to have our eyes open to see what God is doing around us. Man, Antonio, it would have been so easy for you guys to just be like, man, this is terrible, man. I just, hey, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Oh, how are things going? Oh, it's, it's a bad report. Yeah, well, let's, we just need to be prepared for the worst. Why don't we do, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for being an example of not doing an easy thing. That was not easy to go into that environment and just be like, yeah, let's, let's just uh, let's pray for a miracle. No, like you got a war. Because there is an atmosphere that is at work against what God wants to do. There is a supernatural enemy of a supernatural God. And we have to allow ourselves to get past the surface level of what is happening around us. Man, there's so much happening, even in our nation right now, where we are just, we're accepting everything at a surface level. And going along with everything that is thrown at us at a surface level, where God is asking us to open up our eyes, dig deeper, and see what he is doing and what he's trying to do. Because the more that we partner ourselves with a supernatural God, we will see supernatural results. 
But when we are quiet, and I'm talking as a church, when we are quiet, when we are complacent, when we are detached, when we are unfaithful, when we are powerless because we have rejected or dejected the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, then where is the voice going to come from that is going to speak for a supernatural God? We've got to make some changes. The change is simply a, a change of surrender. We, ha- we can't continue to dumb down the power of the Holy Spirit and believe to see miracles when we're not willing to participate in the process of the miracle. Supernatural is part of your identity. If you're a Jesus follower, supernatural is a part of your identity. It's a part of who you are created to be. It's not for pastors. It's not for spiritual, super spiritual people. It's not for those with seminary degrees. It is for people who have called on the name of Jesus Christ. I want to like so badly in the church world and even outside of Christianity and other and other and other ver- just other versions of Christianity that that put this this special uniqueness only on those who are called into the ministry. It's like the last time I read the Bible, we're all called into ministry. The last time I read through the book of Ephesians, it says that my job is actually to train the church how to minister into the world around us, not to like you just show up and you listen and go and nothing's changed and nothing's impacted and we're not engaged in each other, we're not engaged in our community, we're not engaged in any change. No, God has empowered every single one of us through his spirit to come and bring change. So when we reject our identity, we reject opportunity. There's no, there's, there's, there's no, there's no need for us to wait for an opportunity for miracle to arise. It's already there. There's, all we have to do is look up, open our eyes and say, God, would you show me the need around There's already miracles happening that we are just not seeing because we have closed off our eyes to the supernatural and what God's trying to do. Somebody getting a job that they've been praying for and they shouldn't get, but they got, guess what? That's a miracle. Somebody saying yes to the name of Jesus and accepting salvation in their life, that's a miracle. We got to stop selling these things short. Oh, that's just chance. That's just faith. That's just this. This, No, when good things are happening, God is working through his people to make things happen for others. But I'm telling you, we're not even seeing the tip of the iceberg right now. There's so much need, and you don't have to go on a mission trip to a third world country to see the supernatural happen. We need it in our nation. Revival's going to happen in our nation when Jesus' followers begin to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. When we walk in fear, we reject our identity. When we walk in isolation, we reject our identity. When we walk in timidity, we reject our identity. When we walk without the Holy Spirit, we reject our identity. Listen, it's, it's in your nature. That's why when we say yes to Christ, <clears throat> we're not just becoming a better person. The Bible tells us we are born again. We are a new creation in Christ. As a new creation in Christ, there is a transformation that happens from the inside out. And so we're not just trying to live the exact same life as we did before a little bit better. We are living a brand new life transformed in the authority and the power of Jesus. And the way that we get to live that life is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Is this getting redundant yet? Okay. We need the supernatural reality of God in our life today. So in the kingdom of God, and I said this once before, in the kingdom of God, supernatural is the norm. You have a choice, though, as, as God always does. That's, if I was going to change anything and, and give God some advice, that's one of the things I would have changed. Be like, this whole, like, everyone having a free will, God, this would be so much easier if you would just take that away, because then we just do all the good things and do the things we're supposed to do. And, uh, but God's like, I don't know, have you ever had a relationship with somebody where nobody had a choice? God wants a relationship. And so, yeah, if, you, if you'd say, you know what, this isn't me, I, want, I don't want, I don't, that's not really what I'm comfortable with, 
Does that mean you're going to lose your salvation? Absolutely not. That's, that's not. that's not possible. That's not what we're talking about. But there's a life that you have the chance to be a part of. There, there, there are people that you love and that you know who don't have answers, who are struggling, who are broken physically, who are broken mentally, who are broken spiritually, and you have exactly what it takes to bring them the miracle that they need. So you don't have to, you don't have to respond to this. You don't have to embrace the supernatural life. You don't have to embrace the, the, the journey of the supernatural lifestyle. You don't have to. But I would implore you, be like, I can't imagine another way to live. And I'll, I'll just speak honestly with you about my own life. I've had so many times where I know God has challenged me in a moment to pray for somebody, to, to speak a word to somebody, to passing a stranger who's in a wheelchair, and God's like, pray for them. And I have, I've, turned, I've turned the other way or ignored it because it, it, it pushed me outside of my comfort zone too much, and I wasn't willing in the moment to be obedient. And we've, we've all, we all, all, if you haven't, you will have those moments. You will have those challenges. I mean, I just want, I hope as a church, we can bring ourselves to a place where we say yes to allowing God to move through us. Um, we want to reach people, and we're not just going to reach people by attracting people. You know, there's, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with doing things in the church that attract people in the door. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's what you do when you get them inside the door that's going to make the difference. Because if you, if, you if you try to reach a city or grow a church by attracting people, you'll have to continue to entertain them to maintain them. And if I've learned anything from 2020, it's that, that very principle right there. We lost the ability to entertain people. And as a result, we can't find people. But if we start tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing that we can do. We can have all of our lights break, all of our sound you know, doesn't work. And we're like, well, um, we, we can pray for people. I'm not advocating that that's what we're going to do. But what I am saying is that if you get to a point where all we're relying on is the Holy Spirit to come through, if we say yes to that, people are going to continue to come. Not because we're the coolest, the newest, or whatever. None of that matters. That doesn't keep people. But life change keeps people. Relationship keeps people. And it builds people. And we want to see that build through us. So let me give you this one scripture, and then I'll wrap it up. John 14, 12 12 through 14. Again, Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you the truth. I love this passage right here because this is one of those passages that's kind of hard to believe. You just have to wrap your mind around it. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. This is Jesus talking. The same Jesus that rose the dead, the same Jesus that made the blind's eye open, the deaf ears open, the crippled hands come forward, those who couldn't walk could get up and walk, the same that cast out evil spirits. Yeah, that's the same Jesus we're talking about. He says, you will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to the Father. And you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Who wants to tap into that? Who wants to be a part of that team? Be like, God, I want to be a part of this thing where we're, we're doing the thing, same things that you've done. It's not just happening in other places. It can happen right here. Yeah, there we go. There it is. Boom, boom, miracles. No. God's supernatural reality is always at work around us. 
So my challenge for you today is ask God to open your eyes. And I guess I should warn you at the same time because when you begin to pray these prayers, don't be surprised when things begin to show up. Don't be, don't be surprised when all of a sudden there's more opportunities to pray for people who are in need of a miracle. Because the, 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 tempt, the temptation could be is that all of a sudden you're like, wow, things just seem like they got way worse. No, they're not worse. God's just making you more alert to what's taking place so that you can insert yourself and bring the Holy Spirit to it. They're already there. Things aren't getting worse. They just need to get more visible for people who call themselves Jesus followers. Believe me for solutions. Believe me for answers. So let me leave you with this. If you're like, all right, that's great. I got some scriptures. That's good. What, I, I'm, a, I'm a practical person. I need something practical. How can I get this started? Here's a couple of practical thoughts. Here's the first one. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and ask God to fill you every single day. Even if you don't even fully know what that means, you're like, I'm not even sure what that means. That's okay. You just keep asking and God will keep filling. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time thing. You know why you're filled with the Holy Spirit? So that God can pour you out. And that's, not, that's why it's not a one-time thing because God wants to continue to refill you so that he can continue to pour you back out, so that he can continue to fill you, so that he can continue to pour you back out. Ever tried to be used by God when you're empty? It's terrible. It's exhausting. God wants to fill you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and ask God to fill you daily. Ask to be used in the supernatural daily. I'm telling you, the more you ask for it, the more you're gonna be alert to it. There's nothing spiritual about that. That's practical. The more you think about it, the more you talk about it, the more you search for it, the more it's gonna become available to you. Be single-minded in your faith. We read that scripture when we started off. Don't be double-minded. Is this God? Does God really wanna use me? No, believe that what the word of God says is true. Be single-minded in your perspective towards what God is doing. Be obedient to the moment. That's that thing that I'm talking about where you've just, you feel something in your mind or in your heart like I should pray for this person. I'm supposed to tell this person that God loves them. I, I know this person's going through a thing. I'm supposed to call them up and just pray with them. That somebody's going to the hospital. I'm not gonna call a pastor to go. I'm gonna go because I'm a Jesus follower and I love them. I'm gonna go and pray for them. Be obedient to the moment. Look for the miracles. Not just the ones that are gonna happen, but be alert to the ones that are happening. Because I'm telling you something that is contagious about the miraculous is that the more you see it, the more it builds faith for more to happen. Believe God's word. If you open up the word of God, you read the words of Jesus, you read the word of God, and you begin to doubt what the word of God says, then you're not gonna, you're not gonna produce fruit from that. You gotta step in it with a heart and attitude of faith and watch God produce something great through it. And then lastly, walk in your supernatural authority in Christ. You have authority because Jesus has all authority. And he's given it to us. He's given it to the church. The enemy doesn't have authority. As a matter of fact, the only authority the enemy ever gets is what you give him. So if you have given it, take it back. You don't even have to fight. You just have to identify it and speak it. I've given, you know, I've given this authority, I've said these things, and God's never gonna do this, I'll never do this. Well, that's given authority to the enemy. Well, identify what you gave authority to and say, my bad, I take that back. Excuse me, excuse me, devil, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need that. I, I am gonna see breakthrough, I'm gonna need that back. I am, I am able to do the things that God created me to do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need that back. I do have the power to see miracles happen. I'm, I'm gonna need that back, because this is a part of who I am. Walk in your supernatural authority in Christ. Can I pray for you? and you go cook hamburgers. 
Jesus, we love you. I thank you so much for every single person that is in this room, those that are watching online, those who are even gonna hear this and see this in the future. God, I pray that you would help us to respond by faith to the challenge to walk a supernatural life. Lord, that we would not dumb down your Holy Spirit in our life, that we wouldn't try to tuck him away in a back pocket and hang on to him as just some, some type of source of, of fire insurance in eternity. But God, we would realize that your authority and your power and your Holy Spirit is meant to move us in the supernatural in the world around us. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would challenge us, even today, that you would begin to disrupt us with moments and opportunities to step in and insert supernatural authority and power in the moments around us. Lord, the world that you love and the world that you died for is in desperate need of seeing people carrying that same power. Lord, would we begin to walk in that? Help us, Lord. We repent for rejecting it before. God, we repent for, for, for ignoring the moments where you've tried to pull us in to, to see things happen. God, we repent for believing that it's not for today. And we, we accept the fact, Lord, that you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. If you were a God of supernatural before, you're a God of supernatural now, and you will be a God of supernatural in the future as well. So God, we wanna walk in that today. And we ask it by the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Combo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to combochurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.